everybody, and welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 16, the show where I definitely know at least one character <laughs> in the episode. And and not just the team. Not just the team. outside yeah, of the it, team. Yeah, your, uh, your, your guest star types. <laughs> yeah, no one would know this because I had to take it out last of last week's episode <laughs> thanks to a shit ton of uh, sound issues, thanks to the fact that we live next to a pretty loud street with asshole motorcycle racers on it a lot Mm -hmm. um but there's a character introduced in this episode who features in another episode that we love next season that for some fucking reason despite the fact that i knew this was her introduction episode i was also very certain that this other character i love was introduced as well and two storylines that have literally nothing to do with each other (laughs) were somehow one big happy family and somehow also only 40 minutes i i don't i genuinely don't know what jigsaw my mind created there (laughs) i couldn't even figure out that you were wrong until you mentioned jolinar yep and I'm like, what are you talking like, about? Yeah, because you thought I was talking about the Tolan. I was like, no, 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 Martuf, you know, because, you know, Joel and I are with the Toke, to- shit. <laughs> I think literally went Toke, uh, fuck, that's right. Okay. Yep. Because <laughs> you mentioned, like, Boney McBonerson or something, and I was like, there's no man in this episode. What are you talking about? And then it all came together that Liz is an idiot. But we already knew that. Now everyone else gets to know Yay. that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely know for sure. That one character's name is Cassandra. This is, in fact, an episode that she is in. And this, in fact, is her introductory episode. I actually know the three core facts. It's not just one that she's in. It's her feature. Yeah, she is the the MacGuffin, even. She's everything about this. The whole thing rests on her. If the the MacGuffin is internal (laughs) in the character, I feel like that that they assume ownership of it in that moment. Sure, sure. Yeah. By proxy. This is what happens to record later in the day. It's our, my, my brain, anyway, is slower. I have yeah. to go to work after this, so... <laughs> yeah. No one's happy, but hey, sometimes life happens. Well, we had to record today, because I'm going to be on a flight. So. Yeah, Mel gets to go on vacation, which is... I mean, a four-day vacation. <laughs> a four-day vacation is still a nice vacation. I mean, right now, my vacation is my new job that I actually love, so... If you like it, that's right? what matters. So, the other thing that we love is Stargate, and we're doing that today. This episode uh, is... For us, episode 15 on the discs, and it's titled Singularity. Yep. And I'm Liz, God damn it! every fucking time. <laughs> and I'm Mel, and Liz is going to read the synopsis for us. I told you, don't have the script up, I'm not going to do it. Hey, I did everything else just fine. Yeah. I actually, I'm, progress. Yeah. It's it's slow, but if you if you listen to the episodes in order, you notice I get one extra detail right each time. Listen, this is the first time where you haven't had to look to me for the episode number. I know. <laughs> Because you notice I actually asked before we started recording? Yeah, exactly. And then you remembered it. I know. I'm just, I'm improving as a person. It only took 20 years or whatever. Anyway. Alrighty. Episode 15. Carter returns with the sole survivor of a planetary plague, a little girl, Cassandra. As they become attached, Carter discovers the girl's terrible secret. Um, <laughs> um, it's not like the girl I, had a secret. It's not like she was aware of anything going on. I mean, I guess it's technically like it is a secret in that no one knows what's going on but it's not really a secret so much as she discovers you know it should be it should be she discovers a terrible secret about about the girl yeah because that has less to do with the girl taking ownership of the secret listen the synopsis are never written right like up until that moment it was fine (laughs) anyway sorry She, she discovers the girl's terrible secret a time bomb planted by the Goa'uld can she save the world 
Sorry, I, I ruined it. Can she save the girl and the world? There we go. I like how vague they are about a time bomb planted by the gold. It's like, okay, where? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a dog. God damn it, Mel. You know, I, it's funny because, yuck. But the first thing I think of what? whenever they do time bombs, no, you'll, you'll see. It's I think of, the only thing I could think of that's like super dangerous but kind of hidden in a body is a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. Because that's like an electrical thing that it's not that they do blow up, yeah. not that they. I don't think they really even. I guess technically they could, but it would be a you know a yeah. super weird situation if that happened. I think of that, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a creepy type terrible thing there. But you say your thing, and all I can think of is like you know brain gore and or like <laughs> I, guts blowing up. I just up. meant they don't indicate it's in her at all. Oh shit! Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You immediately went to gore and. Ex- well, okay, because, I mean, like, how else are you gonna, like, what, if you, it's, it's just a kid. I guess it was just implied that the bomb is within it's the child. It's implied. Right, but, and granted, I also have hindsight bias in that I've yeah. seen it and I know it's internal. My whole thing there is, where would it be? Yeah. Like, is it an earring? <laughs> like, uh, never mind, take it back. It could be an earring, because that was actually a storyline from uh, DS9. Yeah. was uh, Kieran Reese's uh, earring. And that wasn't even the most interesting part of that episode with the time travel aspect and everything. <laughs> it was a cool episode, but, yeah, it involved the bomb as well, but... Huh. But again, it just, it, it's weird that they give the girl ownership over the secret. When in fact she's just a scared little survivor. Alright, well, I mean, once again, that's what happens when apparently you hire, like, middle schoolers to write these synopses as we <laughs> I'm pretty much determined. that's what they did. That being said, it is better than the others. Then some well, okay, of them. One thing you should look at this, though. That, that person has a love affair with dashes. Oh, dang. Every break is a dash. <laughs> Only for that one. Only for that synopsis. Granted, the dashes aren't used incorrectly, but... It's it's weird that that's the break they chose. What's weird is the writing styles between these are different enough yeah. that there has to be more than one person. It's probably like a team. Yeah, it's probably a team of people who like I none guess. of who can none of whom can write. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I remember back in like fifth grade struggling to write a summary for something. Like that was our project, and read a book mm-hmm. and give a summary of it. And I was like, this is hard. How do you know what to leave out? But I was in fifth grade. <laughs> So I feel like I was allowed so to be So the same not age great. as the people who wrote this. Yeah, basically. I too once had a love affair with dashes. No, my my uh, love has always been commas. Yeah, I used to over comma. And then I discovered dashes. And now I don't do enough of either because I just am too afraid. Commas or semicolons. I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, semicolons make sense. You know, it's, it's separate clauses. I just cheat. I just went ahead and bought the full subscription to Grammarly and I just <laughs> let it do it for me. There you go. Although some asshole once tried to uh, Reddit tried to correct my grammar, and I was like, "Fuck you, bitch!" I had the comprehensive Grammarly that literally English professors have looked at this and went, "Wow, your grammar is really on point." I'm like, "Uh huh, yep, that's me. I'm I'm perfect." You you said the secret word there, Reddit. Yeah, it's legit. But that way, I don't. I I decided to just absolve myself of all responsibility and just let an algorithm do it better. Yeah, that wasn't really available back when they were doing this stuff. I don't think. No. So I guess they kind of have an excuse. No, they don't. <laughs> anyway, it's actually a really good episode from what I remember. <laughs> and remembering the actual correct episode and not the weird blending thing I did. Yeah, it's an actual good Sam-featured episode uh-huh. instead of the garbage ones we've had b- until now. Yeah. Well, it's like I mentioned last you know, last week at the end when we were talking about this episode. <laughs> I do love Sam slash Amanda Tapping's yeah. um, emotional... That, there's a scene where she really breaks down and crying, mm-hmm. and it's honestly some of the realest crying I've ever seen anywhere. Like, I, I saw Titanic. I saw, I don't know, name, name a thing, you know? There's people crying in it, and there's some good actors, obviously, out there who've yeah. done a really great job 
you know, with emotions. And obviously, some of them are, like, are those people who they don't even need to, like, pretend to feel something to make themselves cry. Like, they really just take on the characters and do these moments. That, all that together, she's still really the best I've seen. I don't know what it is about how she displays the emotion, but it's really there. It feels real. Yeah, she's a good actor, so it's, um, it's nice when she has an episode that actually lets her stretch her, her wings a bit. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I've seen this episode so many goddamn times. I'm probably, I'm probably going to be quoting parts of it, which will be interesting to see because we don't have subtitles <laughs> on the discs, so it'll be interesting to see just how far off I am. Because every now and then, I can, sometimes I think I'm quoting, I'm kind of accidentally cheating maybe a little bit, like uh-huh. by either catching some words. You don't have that now. I don't have that. Although I don't need that with Shrek. I, I quote that entire thing. No. I, I told you that story. My dad literally just looked over me in utter shame. Just, how many fucking times have you seen this movie? <laughs> Yeah, my mom did the same thing, and I was like, the one time we saw it in the theater, <laughs> she was like, okay. <laughs> it's a good movie. It, it, it sticks, just like this episode, and I'm not letting us do tangents, so, yeah. Yes. All right, I think that's everything. Yeah, so we're going to go watch the episode. Yeah. And you, you won't be hearing it, uh, hearing it, you'll be hearing it, you won't be hearing him, but uh, my boyfriend's actually going to be watching it with us today, so we might have some ideas that I will try to remember if they're not my ideas, like if I'm presenting something, like and this genius thought I had, not guaranteeing it will happen, but I'm if it happens, so smart uh, and interesting. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be back. Ugh, and we're back. We are. I'm gonna keep in that ugh and everything. That was good. <laughs> Just it's accurate. Just ah, uh, it was an experience. It's a good episode, and I, I'm, it's nice to know that there's been a few episodes now that we've watched where it's, oh, I didn't remember this, or this looks mm-hmm. different from its perspective and everything, and honestly, nothing's really different. It's all pretty much the same. <laughs> I mean, I have a different appreciation for it since I'm older, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, like, oh, that's some of that science is actually ridiculously accurate. Good job. And some of these medical facts are definitely not, but that's TV for you. <laughs> There's just little things other than that. It's... It tells you how solid of an episode it is that, you know, I mean, fucking years later and it's still... Well, that's not surprising because the writer of this episode is our good buddy, Robert C. Cooper. <laughs> Dude, man, can I, I have this weird fantasy. That's not really that weird. I have a fantasy in my head of years and years from now, this, you know, people, enough people have listened to this that somehow through the grapevine of life, Cooper finds out about this <laughs> and somehow gets to hear I, that how much I appreciated what he did for my childhood. Seriously, because he wrote some of the best fucking Stargate episodes. And as I grew up, I mean, I wasn't really mm-hmm. a kid anymore by the end, but, you know, SGU. Seriously, it was just some of the best ones were written by him. And he's, he's a very consistently good writer. And I even take it back, that one criticism I have like, like with the line, that, that one line of dialogue didn't really need to be in it. But fuck it. It's part of the aesthetic. He world builds. It's my bad. I, I didn't understand. I understand now. Yeah, he yeah, world builds. It's he nice. He does a good job. He can mix action with heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> Michael Bay. <clears throat> like, puts does his, Michael Bay try to He put puts in like belt? a, you know, he has, a, you know, some attempted romance in each one, and it's, it, it, most of uh, action that's type crap. That's just so he can have an attractive woman on right. screen. But those assholes like to pretend that it's because they're adding, you know, the other elements. <laughs> it's cute that you think that, but if you wanted to learn how to actually do it, watch this shit. You know, mm-hmm. watch good yeah, examples. And Robert C. Cooper is, yep, he's good. And I gotta say, maybe it's because he wrote it, you can't ruin it too much. I think as a party, didn't even do a bad job. No. 
It wasn't. There wasn't too much for him to really do. I think yeah. to ruin it. Like it wasn't even like there. Didn't, there weren't even any tension-filled dramatic courtroom scenes or something where you need to have like that kind of stuff happening. It was a lot of there long, were definitely drawn out. still a lot of cuts. Yeah, but those were like sometimes. For example, like I, I even I even I will admit that single camera doesn't always work, and it's such a huge room. Mm-hmm. For example, too much panning is going to be a problem. And clearly, since I don't. You know, Eric made a comment that it was on a gimbal because he thought I was saying something else, and I don't think they really did a lot of gimbal filming, honestly. You can tell a lot of times it tends to be handheld. Oh, yeah. So, you'd have a lot of whipped whiplash for people in yeah. those big rooms, you know, just... So, those cuts are kind of necessary if you want people to have an idea of what's happening at the same time. I, I, those are not terrific, like, they're not as seamless as they could be and so on, but that's that's less egregious to me. He still hasn't done a, uh... The freeze frame since Brief Candle, so I guess I guess he gets a pass this episode. I have legitimately decided in my head that, I think I remember saying it at the time, uh, was that there's an episode of Supernatural where they joke about, like, because they go, come through the other world at yeah, the same you time. Told, you, yeah, you mentioned it, it yeah, in yeah. the episode Yeah, exactly. Before. So it fizzed out, like, the camera shot, and they were like, well, we can readjust it, or we can make it freeze frame, because you want to save time. Something tells me I have to believe that something happened, and they had to do the freeze frame to save the episode ending. <laughs> can I tell you something? What? You said literally all of this the last time there you brought go. this up, and I told you then that what probably happened was all of his old man makeup just sloughed off. That's right. That's right. I remember. Because you know why I don't remember saying it? It's because all I can focus on is going through the sloughed. Yeah, that's why you said that this, word. I had this image. Uh, yuck. I, uh, yep. Gross. 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 Anyway. Ugh, gross. My point is. That old man makeup deserves gross. Yes. I'm just picturing actual skin sloughing off, and it's just right. It's just a downhill slope from there. My whole point is, there, yeah, there's no freeze framing. There's no sloughing. There's actually a somewhat medically accurate scene, followed <laughs> immediately by a not in a, not accurate medical scene. But I still like that endoscope scene. That was pretty. That yeah, was, that was. It's one thing if you're watching like Grey's Anatomy or ER or something, and I like how I just admitted on out there that I watched Grey's Anatomy. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I can't help you with that. I know, I did it to myself. Anyway, um, it's one thing to see, like, shots of that kind of stuff in that, but a lot of these shows can get away with not really bothering, but they did, and it looked like it was an actual fucking, um, I, I'm not even going to try to say the word again, because I've tried. Endoscope? Uh, no, endoscopy. 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 There we go. An endoscopy machine, because of the whole, like, the whole mounted camera mm-hmm. and everything. It looked legitimate. She says not being a surgeon doesn't know for sure, but it looks legitimate. And either way, I appreciated the attention to detail. Merely disparaged it three seconds later with the uh, heart rate thing, which we'll get to later. Or you'll get to later. I'll get to later. You'll you'll sit with it later. <laughs> either way, I don't think as a party did a bad job. He didn't do a great job, but he really just didn't do a bad job. I mean, he did a job. He's. It's more like his first time he came out, where yeah. we thought he was fine. Yeah. But it's just he didn't have much to do. Yeah. That being said, I will. I kind of actually gonna immediately take back what I said just a little bit because. I maintain that he was weirdly trying to test out on-screen chemistry between Sam and Daniel, the characters. I'm super against that. They are twins. They are the trouble well, twins. It, it doesn't make sense. I can see why somebody, like, in the beginning of a season would want, like, to toy with the ideas, but they're just, they're weirdly consistently put only in the family aesthetic roles mm-hmm. to the point of, like, touchy-feeliness, and it's like, even if you gloss over the fact that he's married, and is supposedly looking for his dearly beloved kidnapped yeah, wife. Yeah, he's married. Even if you don't have that, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, Bruce Banner Natasha Romanoff storyline mm-hmm. in, in Avengers. It's just literally out of fucking Forced. nowhere. Up until that point, there's only the casual friend touch, and even then, it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. They're not that. 
they're not what they are presented in this episode. No, it's weird. And it's only ever... It's all in the framing. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing to do with, like, what they're saying. Because the so actors so themselves much. are doing fine with yeah. making it seem platonic right. like it is. Right, But then the camera just keeps framing it. Framing them as a family. And, or, and then, like, you can see these moments, like, where there's, like, all of a sudden they're in each other's personal space, like, weirdly so. And, like, rubbing each other's arms and shit. And it's... I, I honestly just thought... Maybe he had an idea, but he should have not tried to keep going with it so much. Okay, okay, now Amanda, rub the shit out of uh, his arm. Michael goes, uh, can we not? No, no, it'll look good. It'll look, it'll look wholesome. No, it won't. Yeah, it'll look incestuous. I'm guessing that's, I'm guessing that's, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he was trying to give a wholesome feel. No. Nope. He fucked up <laughs> if that was what he was going for, but I could see maybe trying to have the wholesome feel before this poor shock kid feel. Either way, if that was a directing choice, that is definitely a bad one, and therefore he definitely did not do a good job. If it wasn't a directing choice, it's just a weird choice, and that's not much better. I feel like it has to have been him, because the actors certainly weren't right? pushing exactly. it, so, yeah. and the dialogue wasn't mm-hmm. pushing it. Yes. I guess it's just how much do you want to... It depends on what, how much you judge each idea of it. He's either weird, creepy, bad directing, or just, like, an idiot. <laughs> like, what's, what's, what's worse I mean, either way, he's still a bad director. Yeah. I mean, I've seen worse directing, but not by much. And I'm just, honestly, okay, here it is. Yeah, if, if I don't you know see what? a freeze frame I or... would rather watch this episode directing-wise <laughs> yeah. than I would wa- want to watch NCIS. I that is a very good way of, that is a very good way of putting that. Because <laughs> nothing about that show felt natural. Like, in the interactions. The way things were filmed. Yeah. The way that... I, I can't even describe it. Something in the way NCIS is filmed is just really off-putting. Yeah, it was it was always just a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. watching them interact. The way they always... And then the scene cuts like. also were weird with the way they would, like, linger on one character and do that kind of, like, fade in on, like, a portrait of them. Yeah. Uh, the was, whole... Was I don't... Mm. That was whatever aesthetic choice they wanted to go with there for their, it was like, bad their, their gimmick. So, yeah. Long-winded way of saying it could be worse. For as a party, it could be worse, but... But it's still yeah. some of the worst directing we've seen on this show. So far, yeah. I mean, I can't remember. I mean, not compared to ones. his other bad ones, yeah. but... I mean, like I said, my, my two pluses are there's no freeze frame and there's no 23 cuts of one... <laughs> In an action scene. Of one fucking staff weapon fight that lasts about seven seconds. There's no cut of someone who doesn't have a name... Standing up after getting knocked down. What was that? Moving on. <laughs> well, yeah, we have to get to the actual episode because I have to leave for work in two hours. <laughs> Yay! Episode begins. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Do you need some help with that? No, I was transitioning. <laughs> what about me and my communication style has ever indicated that I know how to do anything well verbally? <laughs> I can write transitions, but we're not writing, so. <laughs> no. So, the episode opens with the team stepping out onto a planet, as they usually do. First thing I see is that big fucking sign. Uh, the first thing you see is the sign. Actually, no, it isn't. The first thing you see is them walking through, and then it pulls oh, back, right. and then Sorry. you see the well, sign. I, I should say, of the planet itself, like, your introduction to the planet, per se, besides, like, like whatever background you see when they're walking out, is this big sign. Because you hear them talking. Oh, wait, no, actually, I'm sorry. The episode starts with them in the uh, embarkation room. Because they're talking about the black hole. Oh, God, you're right. Sorry, I'm totally blanking because all I can focus on is how how annoying that sign was to me. (laughs) Yeah, so they're going to a planet that's going to have uh, an eclipse because there is a black hole that is close enough that when the eclipse happens, they should be able to view it. Yeah, there we go. Honestly, if that were a real-life thing, I would be... Yeah, 100%. All over that shit. And that's because I'd like if I looked at my notes, I would have remembered that because I do love... 
when they're talking about it and she's describing it, you know, because Sam's the yeah. astrophysicist talking about it, and then Jack t- uh, chimes in with it. It's called an accretion disk when she talks about how you can see the matter coming into the black hole because of the uh, and, event horizon. And Daniel had been in the middle of talking yeah. to Sam about it, because yeah. Daniel kind of been like, why is this important? Because <laughs> he's an astronomy right. nerd. Not astronomy, an archaeology uh, nerd. Yeah. And, then, um, and then she talks about the matter thing. And, and then, so <laughs> then, and Jack does the accretion disk thing, and Daniel finishes his thought to Sam and then whips around and gives Jack this look and goes, what? And he, like, he like goes to react to it like, and then finishes his thought and then goes back to his thing because he could not let it go. <laughs> Just, Gosh, what a mood. That's, I mean, that's right? a real thing I it's, would do. It's like, that was the physical representation of putting a pin for a second. <laughs> and then I'm sorry, I will get what? back to you, but I, my conversation was very important. Yeah. And no, it wasn't. It wasn't important, but whatever. I just, I love, you can see Cooper coming through in the writing because Sam says, you know, you don't, you didn't think that Colonel O'Neill had a telescope um, just to look at the neighbors, right? And I love that Jack tilts his head just a little bit and it clearly just, that head tilt goes, I mean, not only. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he says, um, not initially. Right, but his head first. Yeah, yeah. First his reaction. Yes, he, well, his head tilts more of a, well, <laughs> so he's like, I mean. And then Tilk, and then uh, Daniel and Sam walk off, and then it's just Tilk and Jack there. There's a just I will give House Party this. There's just a long enough pause of silence between them, and then Jack goes, turns to Tilk and goes, "Well, I mean, not initially." <laughs> and then Tilk just gives him this whole look and walks off. Like I, 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 I love how much his look has slightly transformed from it, kind of confused, just like letting humans say their shit, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of. I don't want to know. Yeah. But in a gentle Tilk way, just, I'm not going to ask. I, I've learned that these questions sometimes give me weird-ass answers. So then they walk through the gate. You see them walk through the gate. The camera pans back. Then you see the sign yeah. that made you so mad. It's just, it wasn't like I was really mad. And honestly, I guess it says something about the people of the planet. They don't care. But these people, this is their planet. And yet the first thing you see when you walk through is a typical American symbol um, which is, we had this thing where we go somewhere, we have, uh, not just Americans, white people in general have done this, but typically it's Americans now because we did it to the moon, is we go somewhere and we shove a sign in the ground and go, okay, this is ours now. I mean, to be fair, they didn't say it was theirs. They were just kind of, right. it was like a, um, like a signpost, um, kind of like a directing. But what's weird is that would have made sense if they didn't have to fucking travel through a stargate to get there. Exactly. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make any it, sense that it's it there. It looks like a fucking I feel highway like, sign. I feel <laughs> like what it is is that the military is just used to, okay, if we're setting up a temporary site somewhere, that could make sense. we yeah, have like, to do this as part of it. it and like even if it doesn't maybe. make any fucking sense yeah, okay. in yeah. this instance, because they had to go through a Stargate to get there, it's procedural they still something. have to do yeah. it. It's procedure. It's because, like, the sign of McMurdo. Yeah. So. I feel like that's what it was. It is it's goofy. So weird. It's it so is, weird. It is goofy it, as heck. And it unfortunately does just kind of immediately make me think that, again... Not that the people on the planet maybe are okay with it. It's just the fact that when you... Let's say you're somebody coming through that gate who isn't from Earth, right? You're coming through, and it is kind of immediately, slightly, very... It could be easily misunderstood, uh, implied that this is a planet run by the humans. Yeah. And these guys are like our serfs or something. Well, I was gonna... I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking about the fact that maybe they don't want to do that just in case. Go, we'll chill out. that too. And go, oh, these guys are friends of the humans. Let's kill them. Right? It's like, cool... Thanks for labeling our food for us. Yeah, it's not. It, I think. It, I think this is an instance what? of procedure going against common sense. Yeah. All right. Um. So they are surprised that no one's come to greet them. 
Because they do have people, um, I think it was SG-7. 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 was already over. Um, and they're surprised no one came to greet them. And they walk along trying to figure out what's going on. And they find one face-down body on the ground a little ways away. And Jack uh, crouches down, turns it over, yeah. and immediately recoils back because that face is covered in lesions. Yeah, like... And so he immediately pulls out, like, he warns the team, what did he say, He mop. said Mop 4, which mop is four. the military version of, I thought I thought they were using the same field hand version, field hand, uh, field site, whatever the hell it's called, use, there's a civilian version and there's a military version, apparently. Uh-huh. It's a mission-oriented procedure policy or something, I forgot what the last P was. Basically, it's just their version of hazmat, you know, immediate reaction, unfortunately, the Mop Mop 4 specifically is actually supposed to be, like, the full chemical gear, like the hazmat suits you see later. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to have gloves and everything, like, completely cut off, and they actually didn't do it, right? They only put on masks and gloves, and that was it, and they they were still severely exposed. I mean, they did go into those later. Yeah, my whole thing is, I think, um, I just think, obviously, Cooper just didn't know enough about, like, he knew the military thing, but there's, like, Mop 2, Mop 3. It's a slight, There's it's also a slight the chance that, mm-hmm. like, he wrote that in, expecting them to go into the Honestly, pool. Honestly, yeah. And then okay, somewhere so along the Cooper lines, up, but procedure yeah. went, no, they're not. So, we can't get them in the suits yeah. that early. Either him or a producer who cut it out. Either way, the producer, if it was a producer, then he should have corrected the line. And that's part of the process, is if you change things, you have to yeah. fix. There's a person on set who's literally their job as the continuity person is to fix that mm-hmm. crap. So someone didn't do their job quite right there. However, it's really tiny, and unless you're in the military, you're not going to notice. So, who gives a shit? You, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, aside from me, I'm an erotic bitch who's doing a, a podcast on a show, so what am I gonna do? My whole thing is, they at least did the right thing there, which is he recoils, but very professionally goes, okay, guys, safety gear. And and uh, I did appreciate that Daniel didn't hesitate, knew exactly what to do, mm-hmm. which at first you were like, oh, well, it's the same between both fields. Well, to be fair, and... to be, there is still yeah, the, I know. the civilian version. I'm just saying that you thought it had the same terminology yeah. at that point. But Clearly either way, has he's, been with, he's been with yeah. the military enough at this point that he knows, oh, yeah. this is not a time to mess around. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the team all gets like their masks on. Uh, Jack like washes his hands with some uh, some of that special. Oh, it's it's that dry soap shit. It's yeah. um kind of like uh, it's not iodine, but that's the word coming to my mind right now. It's kind of like iodine. It's that de decontamination de- decontamination stuff. shit. It's a a very quick dry powder. It cleans the shit out of your hands really fast. Yeah. Um, it's really harsh, so you're not supposed to do it a lot, but it works in a really instant situation where you just touch potentially very contagious bodies. Uh huh. It's if it's Get slightly chemically burned hands, maybe, if that, versus dying of a bacterial death infection. Yeah. Bacterial so, death infection. Yep, there's the phrase. Uh, they move into the rest of the city, or town, or whatever. Um, yeah. Mostly to their, like, temporary base thing yeah, that they set up. Yeah, the observatory they had set up. And there. everyone they're coming across is dead. And they find SG-7 also in their bunks, dead. Which... That the farmer was clearly working that day, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It clearly is indicated that this happened very quickly. People didn't really have time to react, or that the incubation period was long right. enough. Right, well, the death part, like yeah. the, when they, oh yeah, like when the when onset it actually happened. happened yeah. when everything that onset, was quick. Yeah, because like no one was like curled up on the floor. No one was mid running like it no. sprawled. No. It was all just shit dying. Uh, and from what it, like that did not look like a pleasant kind of disease. So it was probably a blessing in disguise. Yeah, probably. Yeah, if you had to die of something like that. At least it was fast. So yeah, everyone's dead, and they call back to SGC yep. to send in full hazmat with Janet to do, you know, tests and to 
so that Janet can find out what the hell happened here and also make sure the team is not yeah, infected. exactly. Because honestly, that kind of quick acting shit very easily could have been airborne. Oh yeah, and Janet it was even that widespread. Uh, well, I also love that. Any day now. Good enough. Okay. So she comes through to in, uh, inspect the team to make sure they're not infected. And she pulls Jack away first because Jack confirms that he was the one to touch the body. And I like that he goes, oh, don't worry, I washed my hands right away. And she just gives him this look like, no, I'm inspecting you first. Get over here. I and then mean, while she pulls Jack away, Daniel <laughs> sneezes and everyone acts like he just dropped a bomb or something. And he just looks around like, what? Because <laughs> he's got allergies. <laughs> I do like how, you know, Jack even says, he goes, allergies, right? And then Daniel's like, Janet, like, yeah. And then <laughs> Janet, she goes, right. And then as they're walking away, Sam even kind of ever so carefully just gives a slightly wider burst around Daniel, just like, just And Daniel <laughs> continues to give everyone a look like, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> just like, fuck, this happens <laughs> every day. Get over it. Jesus. <laughs> Trust me, if I was dying, I'd be sneezing blood, okay? Right. Like, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be loud and annoyed Also, by also, Jack would be infected before me, so. <laughs> yeah, especially because Daniel spent a whole, like, year on another planet, so Daniel's immune system's got to be a little bit more stretched out. Stretched out, yes. However, that's unfortunately not really how that works with uh, foreign bodies, is that you can have all kinds of experience, and one foreign bug can, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's all about what you've been exposed to, not yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a different, just saying a he's been exposed to more than Jack at this yeah. point. Yeah. So, then, they do this weird cut. There's a lot of weird cuts, like scene transitions, that it's just kind of like, okay. It's, it's jarring. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's what it is. So, like, that whole joke thing with the allergies scene finishes up, and then we see them out in the full hazmat gear, walking around outside, trying to find all the bodies and tag them. Yeah. And while they're walking, Daniel's talking about how um, the indigenous people on that planet were um, afraid of the eclipse and thought it signed the end. Doom, yeah. yeah. Like, like a lot of cultures have in the past. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is a scary looking event if you don't know what the hell's going on. And basically he feels guilty because they reassured these people that it was just a natural part of science out yeah, there. Yeah, like that it wasn't gonna do anything. It, it didn't And then mean look anything. what happened. Yeah. Like he's not saying, he's not he's I, not I, blaming himself, but right. he does still he feel feels guilty. Bad. He feels bad. <laughs> no, it does make complete perfect sense. I just, I always feel bad for fictional characters when they get these moments. I'm like, dude, be rational. This had nothing to cut. What? <laughs> like, and it's just because like, I know because if I were in that position, I wouldn't be doing that mm -hmm. because I don't associate that particular way. I I wouldn't not feel guilty in general. Like, I feel sad that it happened and so yeah. on and so forth. But I'm not, it's funny, like, I will take, I, I will put weird amounts of blame myself like anybody else would. Like, anybody puts weird amounts of blame on themselves for random things, that's not one of them for me. So when he said that, my instinctive reaction is to be like, Dude, come on, don't do that to yourself. Jesus. <laughs> like, how the fuck were you gonna know? Like, you're pointing out at something as if you were supposed to know better. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, it's just, it, then it sank in better, at, you know, like three seconds later. But my instinctive reaction, obviously, is probably just to protect my child, which is, Daniel, dude, come on, <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't do this. Don't do that to yourself. But it is Daniel, and he's weirdly empathetic like that. Yeah. He, he learns to harden up a little bit later on. In an unfortunate kind of way. Yeah, I like how you're just molesting your own arm. arm. I can't molest his arm, so I'm gonna molest my arm. 
<laughs> so they put a body tag on a dead body. Yeah, I can and find then, a toe tag. Actually, that toe tag is a different tag entirely. That was clearly just a... That's what you use, like, in genocide type yeah, shit, 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 situations. Exactly. Uh, and immediately, a tiny little hand darts out from the brush nearby and grabs it. And they're like, oh, someone's alive! <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what I was gonna do. I was, look, I was gonna look up some of the lore on um, Cassandra, because I'm pretty sure... Because it's Cooper and he seems yeah. to have gone with the metaphor. I, it's funny. I um I remember I was so pissed off about the, what happened to the character of Cassandra mm-hmm. in the uh, you know and the Iliad and everything. She's kidnapped, presumably probably assaulted several times over because the guy who kidnaps her is a disgusting you know freak, and then she ends up going crazy because of her visions and kills herself. It's a terrible, horrifying death that's typical of females in these stories. Yeah, red is obviously a color of that kind of stuff, and I feel like there's probably a detail I, I missed back in the day because I just I glossed over a lot of that when I was reading. <laughs> Because it just pissed me off how badly she was treated, and the fact that no one else in my class seemed to care, <laughs> so I was just kind of done. Yeah, but if you told me that it had to do with some kind of link to that, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Either way, shell shocked kid saw pretty red and went mine. So uh, they try to corner her and uh, talk to her. Uh, she's very much not having it and keeps like <laughs> retreating away from them and everything. She's like a field mouse. Mm-hmm. And so Jack decides that sending Teal'c in to get her is the best idea, because Teal'c is the only one who doesn't have to wear the hazmat gear, yeah. so you can see his face. Yeah, because when Sam sees her, she's uh, trying to like, comfort her. She says, I know I probably look scary in this thing, but I promise I'm not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, and it's so funny, because Teal'c's doing one of his exaggerated scowl kind of deep faces. Scowls with the deep when grooms. Jack tells him, hey, you go in and get her, try to try to lighten up a little, you know, try to smile at her. And Teal'c just gives him this doubtful look, but then the moment Teal comes around the corner and starts talking to her. Just this really gentle He's voice. He's a gentle giant. I love him. A hand reaching out to her, waiting for her to come grab it. Just, what? just being, being a dad. Yeah. He, what, what he clearly experienced with kids. What absolutely kills me, slaughtered me, was this super soft way he went, please come out. And I was like, done. I'm here. What do you need? Christopher <laughs> <laughs> like, Judge is such he, a good actor. It's not like it's uncommon for somebody who normally has like a deep, booming voice to be able to do a soft mm-hmm. voice, but Teal is a character, this imposing dude doing that such a soft, gentle, but still kind of firm, just please come out, we want to help you. He and didn't even conveying get... it so well. This is like the first time he's really gotten to be this soft. Yeah. He, he was... wasn't even this soft when they went to Chula. Oh yeah, because his kid was older and much only more independent. A, only a little Well yeah, but the point was like he was... And also not the same situation. It yeah, was, it was a complete. The vulnerability it wasn't a was very different. Very, it. very different yeah. vulnerability aspect. So, wasn't as necessary for that moment. Uh, so they get her in. Janet and Sam start examining the girl, uh, to see if she's got any lingering infection or how the fuck is she alive? Yeah, and not um, even, doesn't, doesn't even have a single pockmark on her skin. Janet figures out that she has Nakoda in her blood, which also, by the way, the trivia does mention. Uh, we've been calling it Nakoda this entire time. This is actually the First uh, marked appearance of the word. This is when they first assigned it. It's yeah, because we knew it was called right. Nakoda, so yeah, we've just been calling it. This is when the show finally put it out there. They, they've referenced it a few times over, which is fine. And yeah, I think before they would say things like, uh, like it's the, got the same materials yeah. that make up the Stargate, yeah. and now they've decided to actually throw always, out a name. I always go with what the movie, what Ross said in the movie. I always loved how he put it. Um, I'm going to send it, your weapon back through with our mineral. Yeah. And I liked that. that well, because uh, cool in, in the movie... They actually mined yeah. Nakoda on that planet. I think there's another planet they mined it too. Oh, that was Nakoda. Are you thinking of Nakoda? Yeah, never mind. Element, material, mineral, whatever the hell you want to call it, now it has a name. Mm-hmm. And it's fun <laughs> because 
much, much, much later, it becomes less of like this, like kind of like the serious thing to talk about. And then it's thrown around crazily because, like, uh, in uh, sorry, Atlantis, um, they uh, use uh, Nakoda generators uh-huh. constantly, and they bring them up like on every other episode. Just, oh, this is a Mark Four Nakoda generator. I mean, it's kind of a natural <laughs> progression. I like it. No, it's, it's great. like something mysterious now, but by the time you get yeah. to Atlantis, no, it's like I oh, love it. I just love how this. We have ZPMs, yeah. please. <laughs> ZPMs. Oh my god. <laughs> Every time I say ZPM, I want to die inside. <laughs> I will keep saying it. But yeah, no, it's. I, I'm I do, not Canadian. Yeah, what you just said is completely right. The natural progression of it is really quite nice, and I just like how it's gradually getting better, bigger, and more in, in, the, in depth in the universe of this show. Mm-hmm. Beginning here, it's finally naming it, and now we know that it kind of represents Thor's hammer, but um, that apparently it can interact with uh, human blood and not kill you. Uh huh. I would love to know some of the science behind that element, though. That'd be kind of interesting. The girl quickly attaches to Sam. I mean, Sam's I mean, Sam awesome. was already just like sold on this girl. Oh, from the I beginning. know. You can see in her eyes. She like sold Which, on her. Which what's nice is that attached. like the Knox planted this seed already. Yeah, with the kid. She was already charmed with that kid. Yeah, wasn't afraid of you. So then she got that little scene, and then we give her an entire episode interacting with a kid. It's really nice. I love it. 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 I love that they figured out, because they recognized her as a human being, mm-hmm. that she can still be someone who... Because every time, every time a woman likes a child... That sounds terrifying. Every time a woman interacts with a child in these kinds of situations... In a nurturing manner. It's always super overemphasized. It's always about how much of a maternal instinct mm-hmm. she has. And they're never in the military. They're never smart. Like, they couldn't, they're not stupid, but they're just, it's all about them being a mother. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we have more than just a uterus and maternal instinct. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a very core feminine trait, obviously, is that maternal instinct and the way it comes across. Mm-hmm. But it does not do anything other than just add another element to her character. Nothing gets taken away. It's just another part of what makes Sam, Sam. Yeah. And I just, I love that she's a human being in it. And Amanda Tapping obviously has something to do with that because she acts it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a moment when everyone's like, okay, we're going to all go back through. Um, she clears uh, the team. Janet clears the team saying, you guys aren't infected. Um, and that Cassandra isn't either. So it's time to pack up. We're leaving. We're getting off of this infected, <laughs> horrifying planet. And Sam makes a point and says, hey, um... Can one of us or some of us stay here? The eclipse is in less than a day. As long as we're in this base, we are safe. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge scientific opportunity that we shouldn't miss. Like, like, yes, what happened here was a tragedy. Yeah, she just pointed out that, that, yeah, it does suck. But missing this opportunity to advance science Mm -hmm. and knowledge in this field isn't going to take... Away it doesn't take it, yeah, it doesn't take away from it at all. It's no. an independent feature because knowledge is always independent. And of course, the timing of her presenting that, and they're basically like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." But as she's saying that, Cassandra comes up behind her and grabs onto her arm, and they're like, "Well, Sam, you're not staying here." <laughs> it's clearly, this, clearly, this child is not leaving unless yeah. you're leaving with her. So Jack and Teal volunteer to stay. Teal because he doesn't have to wear the suit, and Jack because he's like, "Well, we can't." Leave Teal here alone, right? And I mean, Jack does. And Jack is the astronomer. Yeah, he is an astronomer. Granted, he points out in the next scene, uh, or in a in a coming scene, that as beautifully amazing as astronomy is, there is a certain element of it that's exceptionally boring. We have to sit around and wait for something yep. to happen. Um, so I feel for him. <laughs> they they all come through the gate. 
they get Cassandra settled in this terrible little concrete bunker. I do love that and when they're Sam taking her in. Sam thinks that she can just leave Cassandra here well, alone. Before all that, though, I love it when they're coming up to the gate and they're in there, you know, has that suit. Oh, they do the kid, arm they, swing. You know, they do such a good job with the scrunchie of the suit to make the kid like that. Yeah. Like, falling as she walks along and then there's a little skipping around that's, that's one of those weird mm-hmm. weirdly forced family that, that part's not so weird because like it's just helping her get through the game yeah. because she's never done that before but it was adorable as shit this little it girl was. in a hazmat suit getting skipped through the goddamn gate oh god I I, 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 I clearly missed out an opportunity in life to be in a fictional world where psychics exist and I can be skipped through a gate so she tries to leave Cassandra in right. there because she has a job to do. Yeah. And Cassandra's like, no, no, no. Every time Sam tries to leave, Cassandra grabs onto her arm real fucking tight. It just kind of sucks that. Oh, she doesn't have a name a yet, by the, the way. Yeah. She's just this unnamed girl. We'll we'll let you know when she actually gives her name. But we're not going to say the girl all the time when we know her right. name. Right, exactly. No, that makes sense. You know, it's, and they, don't, they don't even call her really the, the girl that much. They call her... They just refer to sh- her, her or yeah. she. They don't really, this is not the, quite the right word, like not objectify, but they don't like, they make sure they keep her in everyone's minds as a scared, as living, a breathing, tidy child. She's a person, yeah. not like not something <laughs> she brought back. Yeah. This is complicated mm-hmm. and deserves more than just a cursory feel around. So meanwhile, um, they're having a briefing about everything they found out over there, minus Sam. <laughs> um, Janet outlines her theory that the SGC coming through infected the planet somehow, and that some some reacting of like the bacteria here, an Earth germ came through, and uh, uh, not unlike what happens in nature, it encounters things it's never encountered before, mutated, mutated and became super and deadly, killed both sides yeah. of the uh, people who had no immune system mm-hmm. for that, obviously because that had never before been seen. Yay, biology! It's terrifying. Yeah, so that's basically that. Yep. We have that little scene where she's. Assigning the Towery some guilt there. Yeah. Well, to be fair, hey, they're not, not a even... Yeah, a theory. Yeah, it's... But to be fair, like, they play it pretty professional in this okay. thing where they don't really guilt themselves too much right. over it. Because what could have... They, they couldn't right, know right. this They accept a certain amount of potential responsibility in, the, in a good way, like the buck stops here kind of thing. Like, yeah. We don't know for sure, but we have to assume that it could be a possibility. Yeah. And if it is, this makes us... We need to start thinking about potential... Oh, and this stuff. is where... Um, I almost forgot because I didn't write it down, but oh, this is where where Janet makes the point. She's like, hey, we might have brought back um, something to help us stop this sort of thing mm-hmm. from happening again, because Cassandra didn't die. Yeah. She might have a natural immunity that might, that maybe we can do something with to stop this sort of thing from happening yeah. again. That just reminds me, though, because one thing we didn't mention is when they come through the gate... They have this little temporary rig set up right right past the gate of, um, like, one of those things you see, like, in nuke shows or whatever, yeah. where... It's that decontamination spray that, you know, that they spray on mm-hmm. people to, you know, decontaminate them. But it just and looks like um, a mister above right, a right. line and a But uh, I have to wonder, park. why don't they just always do that? Honestly, it doesn't look like it really, it's not a problem, it's not a hazard, and it honestly could, as they're pointing out, potentially, if it even has like a 0.01% chance of keeping a deadly pathogen of some sort of bacteria from coming to Earth and eradicating us, but why wouldn't you keep it up? It always comes up. It always comes down to budget. I guess, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just interesting to me that I always want to see that. I always forget about it afterwards too. But it does kind of come to mind. Why isn't there some sort of system like that? They don't even ever really show them. Like, they sometimes will come out of the gate and maybe start hanging out with people. It doesn't really seem that. I mean, be a they're supposed thing. to go straight to a check-in. Yeah. I just uh, I can't have a wonder if uh, you know that might have been a good plan. But again, budget does make sense. So and immediately goes, yep, there you go, military. Yeah. <laughs> The, how much they bitched at him just for how much it cost to keep the lights on. Oh, God, you're right. Uh-huh. 
I take it all back. My entire argument, I... Mel, do it again. <laughs> That's why we call it the whole uh, my, my, devil's yeah, advocate. My concern is still valid. It's just it makes entirely it makes it perfect sense why the military wouldn't do that. So yeah, I don't remember how much money they said it cost to keep the lights on. It was some absurd number. That it was, was probably insane. pulled out of gas. It was like, are you kidding me? I think it was somewhere in like well, the billions. I mean, what happens when you're powering an underground yeah. mountain well, complex? Also, the and fact a gate. that the uh, power for the gate. Yeah. On top of the fact that, how much do you want to bet that mountain complex itself? Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, then we come back to Sam and Cassandra. Cassandra, they're painting. Yeah. Uh, Cassandra paints a picture of herself and a whole bunch of dead bodies on the ground nearby. What episode would be complete without that kid trope? Uh-huh. Uh, and then Sam sees that, gets a little troubled, and decides to add herself to the picture with the shoddiest stick figure I've oh, dude, ever seen. You haven't seen. seen my stick figures. I at least at least hers had joints that made sense. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that her her art <laughs> looked about a tenth of Cassandra's. Yeah. No, it's, it's it was it was not even really artistic. Attempt. She it, drew it, just... it next to Cassandra, and then she's like, "Look, that's me." And I was like, "Yeah, it looks just like you, Sam." Dude, just... even even the kid had like a, a mild look of like. Is okay. It? Is it though? Because it looks kind of like it's nothing. <laughs> then we cut to the planet with Jack and Teal'c. Jo- and, and that's bored. where the whole part where Jack is bored and he's like, oh, I hate this part. Uh, and then Teal'c wants to know what a black hole is. And this is the moment that I, uh, I won't say what I said exactly, but this is the moment that I went, okay, so this right here is exactly me. Because I either over-explained with too much science jargon that I didn't have to lay... Which I can, I can, you know, eventually mm-hmm. leave in terms of, or I attempt and fail miserably to get, come up with better words and just repeat the same thing over and over again. So Teal asks, and Jack goes, "It's a big hole, hole. and it's out there <laughs> as a big black hole." Pause, pause, pause. Hole. <laughs> and Teal just giving him this look like, "Thanks." And then just goes, "I see." <laughs> Sure. It's like, yeah, yeah, you really see right now, don't you? And, and then he goes into a little more depth. That's yeah. It. yeah, and then he goes, you know, it sucks everything, and not even light escapes it, which is something Sam had said earlier, but, you know, he repeated. Yeah. And it's, you know, all valid and good, and it's, I love- well, to be fair, earlier Sam was explaining it to Daniel, yeah, exactly, not yeah, Teal. Exactly, yeah. My whole thing about it is I, I genuinely enjoyed it for one simple fact, which is it's always the science types. Mm-hmm. Who tell that thing? And he's somebody who has a science interest, but isn't like the science type. So he's describing it like a normal person, and you don't see that a lot. No. So I liked the different dynamic of Jack telling, trying to describe this yeah. thing as an ex- exposition thing. Yeah, my note literally says Jack fails to explain bla- black holes to Teal. <laughs> he does, however, convey that it is a black hole. hole. Yeah, thanks, guy. Then we come back to SGC, and when this first happened, I was like, Daniel, why don't you just so. Sam is in, in the room with Cass. Daniel comes in, and he literally makes, like, the call me gesture. Yeah, we, we could not figure it like, out. I was like, Daniel, you're in the same room with her. You don't need her to call you. <laughs> I, was about, I didn't see it. I was looking at I was writing something. And, and then out loud, I'm like, Daniel, did you just make the call me gesture? And I, and I literally went about ten seconds going, it's not that important, it's not that important, it's not that important. Before I went, okay, I'm sorry, really, did he? Because it just, it didn't make sense to me even hearing it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and we went back, and we of course, finally Eric figured out, out that it was him saying, you called, you called me. me. Like, because she needed to go somewhere, and she, she needed him to take over. And then even when she's like, look, this is my really good friend, he'll keep an eye on you, he's really nice, like, talking Daniel you love and everything she tries to leave and Cass- Cassandra once again grabs on hard to her arm 
I like how it's like it was Teal who talked her out, and she still attaches to Sam the most. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's just I love it that she is so attached and looks at looks at Daniel with a look that I couldn't even begin to describe. It's it's very childlike in that no. <laughs> she she's wise beyond her years. She looked at Daniel and he can't even take care of himself. Exactly. <laughs> it's that one uh, John Mulaney skit about yeah. the uh, being babysit yep. babysat by a thirteen year old. Yep. I was being watched by a bigger child. <laughs> Yep. That's Cassandra in that moment. So you want to leave me with a bigger child? She was, she's almost, she was clearly from the get-go very intuitive. Just able to look at that and go, nope. Mm-hmm. Like, you can leave him with me, but we'll both be dead probably. <laughs> Something will happen, and there's nothing either of us will be able to do. I feel like Cassandra would take care of Daniel in a crisis. I can see Daniel fucking up everything, and Cassandra's like cleaning up behind him as he's walking along, and everyone's just like looking at bemused affection. That'd be really, oh my god. Later on, at, near the end, you know, after Janet takes her, there's days where Daniel winds up babysitting, and they're always like, Janet, why do you let him, he, he's not good at it. Yeah, but he likes it. And, <laughs> and it, it makes Cassandra feel, like, responsible. It's, it, it's fine, she cleans up. I pay her an allowance for, for letting Daniel babysit her. It gets him out of the apartment, or or the complex. If he's not, in, if he's not in there, as you see, he's at his apartment reading other books. Just get some out, you know, get some fresh air. They just watch Cassandra just they socialize him like a dog. Deal with him. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so with this time when she grabs onto Sam and doesn't want Sam to go, she speaks. Yeah. And this is the first time she's spoken since they found her. And they avoid the trope of her saying like one word or some shit like that. She said the full fucking mm-hmm. sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like she was just in shock. It's, not, it's wonderful. Exactly. She just or not even she might not have just been in shock, she just might have been Quiet. Waging them, trying to yeah. trying to figure out her her final opinion on them. Yeah. And then when she decided, okay, you know, she, I mean, I, to be fair, she was taken from her home, mm-hmm. medically examined, and then put in a small concrete room with some strangers. To be fair, they were very gentle oh, yeah. and kind. Right, with but the it's still disconcerting for a kid who's never had that done to before. Oh yeah. Oh, there was that great moment when Sam first tried to leave, when she tried to be like, "No, it's fine. I can watch you the whole time on that camera." <laughs> she points to the camera like Cassandra's gonna have any idea what that is. I, 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 as long as it's like, you know that she, you just took her from an agrarian planet, right? Like, and then Sam does the uh, like. I'm watching you, the gesture. <laughs> and that's a perfect example of, of an adult attempting to do something that makes sense to them as a like, soothing, calming thing. And every child ever goes, what the fuck? That scene right there is where she needed Daniel. Yeah, there Because go. Daniel is experienced, well, I was going to say Daniel's experienced in using, like, gestures or pointing at things to communicate yeah, something yeah. to a different culture. Where yeah, she's kid. just going, like, yeah, military signals or that kind of. I mean, I mean, they call it out again later when she says something. So it was another. And that would have been a, if they had done a scene like that. That would have been another cool little parallel between yeah. the two of them. But I mean, it's not like it's bad without it. No, no, it's, it's just still that funny it would have been a good fail. scene for him to be there. But yeah, so because she spoke, Sam's like, "Oh, maybe we can get her name." So she says, "Hey, can you tell me your name?" And she hesitates for a second, but then says, "Cassandra." I do like how that hesitation kind of makes sense. It's like that's that last barrier to yeah. trust. Mm-hmm. That moment the kid has to finally assess for herself whether or not she trusts these people, and she decides she does, which makes sense considering how she's in lashing like Olympics in time. So I think Cassandra goes in for another checkup at this point because she's just kind of lethargic. 
Yeah, she's not feeling so nuts. Yeah. Listless, that's what it was. She was like, oh, there we go. Listless. So they take her in for another checkup. I think Janet notes something about potassium levels. You were talking over the whole thing, so I could not hear what her concerns Sorry. were. I was having other issues about um, science stuff that we were talking about, the knockout and everything, and it was important to me. <laughs> Even though I explained exactly what your issue was. I had other issues, but it was the radiation, for example. Like, shush. <laughs> okay, so while they're getting her checkup, you know, they're like, okay, well, there's some issues here, but we'll just keep an eye on her. Mm -hmm. They're done with the checkup, she's starting to leave, and then she just passes out and starts to go into uh, cardiac arrest. And does a better fake faint than than I've seen a a lot of adult actors, actually. It probably helps that Sam was holding onto her arm. Right, but so she didn't have to worry about doing, like, a safe fall. What I meant by that is, like, when her face goes slack. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of adults fuck that up. Because I know a lot of times the the fall itself is where... It's a problem because there's right. a safe way to right. fall. Right. What? But thankfully, what's nice about this is Sam was holding on her arm. Yep. So she could just full on body drop and trust that Amanda tapping yep. would keep her from falling in a in yep. a dangerous way. That's actually why I always respect the shit out of um, uh, Jensen Ackles and uh, Jared Padalecki on uh, Supernaturals because every time they get knocked out by an angel or something, they just go for it. They just <laughs> crumple. I was like, you can, well, like, they are see. giant men. <laughs> right? It's like, no matter how they fall, it's going to hurt. They're yeah. six feet tall. One of them six four. I mean, Jesus. But I always like, I've said like with uh, the Hathor episodes, bad example, but some actors kind of maybe take some pain, mm-hmm. like from a, like a slightly painful, less than graceful collision with yeah. the ground. Kids are different, obviously. Either way, the kid did the great slackened face thing, very naturally looking, actually, and it was... Well, this girl was kind of impressive. We noted the whole time, she was a really good actress, because even even before she started speaking, she did so much just with her face. Yeah, she's very calm and composed, but the composure gives this her wariness the to and convey emotions without super like super emphatic facial expressions or anything. It's all just subtle, but yeah, clear. for her age, she was phenomenal. Yeah, she was very clear in her acting, which is impressive as hell. So yeah, she goes into cardiac arrest. They get her out of cardiac arrest, but figure out okay, we need to figure out why she went into cardiac arrest. She's like ten, so <laughs> she goes into surgery. They get the endoscope. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Do they even mention doing a scan or anything first, or do they just literally go straight to endoscope? Um, because the surgery have... uh, procedure is a little interesting for a get. They first definitely thing. have an X-ray later. Yeah, I just can't remember the order of it. I'm hoping at, at the very least. Again, I'm... you were talking over this. Right. <laughs> at the very least, I'm sure it's implied that they tried to scan first, and that's why they did the endoscope. Mm-hmm. Usually, you don't do that kind of no. procedure unless you know kind of what you're looking for. Because they did a full camera and everything, and it's either exploratory. Or because you see something. So, so they do while they're doing the endoscopy, um, while they're doing that, they find, like, this little metal ball thing in her. Which looks like one of those puzzle cu- uh, balls. Yeah. Uh, and the head doctor, um... Dr. Warner, I think? Warner? I think so. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get a sample, and as, he's, as he nears it, uh, her pulse starts dropping. And he gets, he just barely manages to get a sample and then starts to retreat, and they're about to, um... Uh, zapper. Uh, yeah, but the good. moment he retreated away from the sample in her, her heart rate went back up to like a normal. Yeah, where, so where you don't have to zap her. Yeah, so there's clearly some kind of built in trigger. Sympathetic response yeah, yeah. that depresses the heart rate. Which, honestly, a lot of that medical stuff, I get why you can't do a lot of it accurately. Like the respirator, for example, you can't have it fully taped on because it's a kid and mm-hmm. you want the kid to be able to breathe. Yeah. So I get that. The only thing that bugged me was the heart rate monitor that kept so going back adult. to it. And under in big block letters, it literally said adult. And they go back to it like four times. It's like, guys, Jesus. <laughs> and you can tell it's almost like a recorded thing. Like it had yeah. been. I understand it, but the adult part was like, really? 
that being said, other than that, I was actually really impressed with um the like the footage they were showing of the actual like scope inside. You can see like all the tissue mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, it's those little details. I like that. Uh, after the surgery, Daniel Sam so promises to show. Oh yeah, he was so. Bored. Daniel's just like what? He was doing? in the he was in the um audience the, the observant the, the, the observ- observation theater. Yeah, that he was in there where everyone else who wasn't involved in the surgery was, and he was just like. Hunched over with his chin in his hands, fully, just like, fully living that dad metaphor he was doing for that episode because he was the supportive dad who's gonna be there while his kids in surgery, but bored out of his fucking mind uh-huh. because there's nothing to do there. Uh, I love that you're saying he's got like the dad role. Cassandra doesn't give him the time of day in this <laughs> again because she's smart. And she's like, I don't need to be cared for by a larger child. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, so after the surgery, Sam promises to show Cassandra around the earth when she gets better. Um, just another cute little moment between yeah. them. Uh, Daniel tells Sam after she leaves that he'll help in any way he can with Cassandra. Again, I feel like that was weirdly forced. Not like the words weren't, but the interaction during the scene was just weirdly the close. The framing, that was all the framing. And out the, the party. Yeah, the framing, like they were standing like kind of next to each other, but the framing made, them, mm. made it look like their yeah. cheeks were almost touching. Yeah. It was like, what are you doing right as now. a party has a very strange ship why, why are you touching whatever faces um so from the samples they got from uh inside cassandra uh they get basically they they find more naquita and all that stuff but they find two different types of elements that are like separated in that little ball thing that's yeah, in her thing inside of her chest cavity that cannot be pleasant to feel no and she has them both on these little separate robot arms and they're like microscopic amounts of both of these elements yeah. or whatever. She's like, okay, Microsoft well... Particles of each other, and there's something about how the thing inside Cassandra's like decaying or something. Shit. <laughs> yeah, something about the half-life type thing. I forgot what it was exactly. But basically... Which is, which is um, risking these elements meeting. Yes. So she does a test to the figure barrier, out what's yeah. going to happen if these two elements do meet. And it's... Yeah, sorry. It was, it was a, a membrane. It was a membrane. Oh, the membrane. There we go. <laughs> Uh, and she has two little robot arms that she makes a point of saying they're like microscopic amounts of materials on both of these robot arms. And then you just casually bring them together. Not like bang them together. Yeah. They just touch. And the yeah. explosion wipes out the entire room, like destroys the camera that was watching yeah. it. Yeah, which kudos to the military for making sure that that room, that testing room, is not mm-hmm. even adjacent to the room where you're reading exactly. the testing, or mm-hmm. like where people are, because you don't feel like any reverberations or anything. From and from that, Sam figures out there is a giant freaking bomb in Cass. Yep, 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 yep. Like I said, I'd be really, I would love to see the science behind an actual element like Nakoda that's just so powerful, so potentially volatile, and yet is incredibly stable. When like, it's in the gate form. Well, yeah, like when it's basically like in like solidified form, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. It's damn impressive. I'd like to see yeah, that. Isn't the whole thing with Nequadria that it's not in a solid form and that's what makes no, it? No, it's, re- it re- it's refined while it's in its liquid form. There we go. And then its solid form is even more stable because of it and even more reactive yeah. or whatever, but less volatile. It's a whole thing. There's a whole stability of chemistry, which is really fascinating, and I'd love to see how the fuck that works. I don't say, I'm not saying it wouldn't, I'm just saying I'd love to see uh-huh. how. <laughs> It'd be fascinating. Uh, meanwhile, on the alien planet, the. Uh, Eclipse has happened, and they're trying to check out the black hole, but Jack finds a gold spaceship up in space instead. Yeah, I have to point out, just because, 
So space is really big, mm-hmm. and the space around a planet is really big, and it's pretty damn convenient that he happens to, in his tiny little area that he's looking, that the fucking gold mothership happens to be right there. I'm wondering if they were there because before the eclipse, that was a good position to be completely hidden. And Shit, that actually makes sense. And it's only nope, with the nope, eclipse that nope, they become right, visible. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm no, really good at this. Because well, that was actually the number of shadows. Actually, a thing that actually has occurred before we started. Troy's gonna we play the game for you. There we go. Do I play some chess, Troy? No, she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you remember where those pieces were. <laughs> I think Eric does. I think we're good. <laughs> so uh, he figures out, you know, that there's a gold ship up there. Uh, and at the same time, SGC has figured out that Cassandra was always a trap. Yeah. The only, only, only tiny problem is that they specifically mentioned that the people died to make them feel bad. I feel like if people had died, they wouldn't have taken the kid anyway. Because it's a kid alone on a dead planet. Yeah. That's the only thing I have a problem with. They continue the whole thing. <laughs> uh, so basically, they figure out the entire plan. While the rest of the teams were gone, they infected the whole planet, left Cassie as the one survivor, planted that thing in her with the knowledge that they would take her back with them, and in going through the gate, that would tr- start to trigger the decomposition of the membrane. Hi. Let's see, I didn't get the cat away from the cables. <laughs> She's trying to help. Yes, well, you're not, so you're just going to laugh and be quiet. <laughs> and uh, Hammond says they have to return Cassie home. They cannot keep her here. Yeah, I mean it sucks, but yeah. Yeah, he's do- he's doing his general thing again. Because uh, there's this whole scene where where uh, Sam's she looks ready to fight. <laughs> right, she, her eyes were murder. There was murder in them. She was so you're just gonna you know just just do that to the kid. Oh, um, she says something along the lines of, "I know this isn't an easy decision for you," and Hammond goes, "No, it's a very easy decision. It's just the not consequences that are hard. It's the consequences that are hard." Like, he's like, no, I, if it's, it's between the decision. base and one alien child, we're sending her back through alone. The decision is matter of fact. The implications of that what are What that means we are doing, yeah. that sucks, but the choice is easy. Yeah, it's that whole moral, ethical debate thing. That and it's great, because Daniel's, like, lurking in the background, and he actually, like, comes up behind Sam a little bit closer, and I was joking that he's like, you were like, sent there for support, I and I said, he's, he's there to hold her. Sam back. Yeah. I said, look, he's going to be there to come for her, and you go, or to hold her back. I was like, yeah, that's you, that, either or. He's ready for both. <laughs> he sees the murder in his in her eyes, and he's like, okay, maybe don't attack the general. She might attack, she also might, like, crumple, you know, because, like, the anger might, either like, way, be I'm her. here. Either way, gonna be here, I'm sensing something. <laughs> there is a way I like the fact torture. that, um, from what I've seen in his three episodes so far, Robert C. Cooper does a good job of, like, splitting off the team in interesting ways. Yeah, I was actually just thinking so that earlier, yeah. So you get, um, interesting little byplays with each of the <laughs> pairs, of the way the people get split off. It's just nice. Hell yeah, it is. Because this is, I mean, we had in, um, Cold Lazarus, we had Sam and, and Daniel off by themselves for a little bit, but they were just doing, like, the mischievous right. disaster twins stuff instead. I, I really do like, I'm, I'm definitely assuming that he purposely made it so that it was Sam and Jack with the kids this time. Sorry, you mean Sam, Sam and Daniel? Daniel? God damn it. Because, because Teal'c and Jack both have had, have sons yeah. and kids, and so it's a different dynamic to have the non-parents mm-hmm. dealing with the child. And otherwise it'd be, like, more of the same, yeah. kind of. And I like that he purposely did, you know, avoided that because I it's mean, great to see not to mention Sam and Daniel are just the gentler side of that team. Right. It's just, all of it works. 
I just really like, because up until this point, we've had episodes that are featured on Jack and Tilka's parents, and mm-hmm. now it's time to see the other two as parents. I mean, Daniel doesn't really get a chance to act like a parent. I mean, he acted like the, like your affable dad type who doesn't really know how to be a dad, so he's just kind of there. No, you know what he, he felt like to me? Hmm. The older cousin who gets called on, regrettably, to babysit. Yeah, he's there. He's, you know, fine with it, but he's also kind of like... Fuck am I supposed to do here, man? Right? Yeah, exactly. And the kid's also like, what the fuck is he supposed to do here? <laughs> it makes me think specifically of um, one of my older cousins who, when I was a baby, I was like crazy attached to him, yeah. but he's not a responsible person in the slightest. I'm but he was like, like you know what? This little tiny baby is attached to me, so I'm going to go all in with paying attention to this kid and like helping out and everything. Yeah, there's no picture of me like that with one of my cousins. Um, I don't remember any of it happening, but apparently I was loved to be by his side. And he, most of the pictures, I'm like really smiling, and he's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, looking at face, like I'm not unhappy to be here, but not entirely sure. But I why don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> the hell, life is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so while they're getting Cassie ready to send her back through, <laughs> Jack and Teal are getting fired on by the gold ship that realized they spotted them. Yeah. I love their uh, stormtrooper aim the entire time, too. You have two very slow-moving people, and you are in a fucking they're death glider. They're not slow-moving, they're running. Right, but compared to a ship, they are slow. To be fair, they were kind of swerving. They're still I know, slower, and they have automatic targeting. Tar- and they have automatic targeting systems. How do you know they do? It's Oh, it's, uh, okay. Granted, it's hindsight, because I know more later. Mm-hmm. But also because that's how fighter jets work. <laughs> My whole point is they have more going towards them. I I'm not really complaining because Stormtrooper Aim is what keeps characters alive. Yeah. But it does um, it does always crack me up when you have people who are wide and the open, sure, swerving a little bit. One of them is wearing a bright yellow hazmat suit, and every single one of these shots is missing. Yeah, credit to Jack. He is running his ass off in that suit. When I say, I said, can I just take a moment to reflect on the fact that he looks far more graceful running in this fucking yellow hazmat suit than I have ever looked in my entire life in any attempt at running? I'm just so jealous right now. <laughs> like he, did, he looked perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. And I look like an ungainly goose. It's unfair. So they did a little dive for cover. Yeah, and while they're behind the cover, Tilk does a nice little exposition drop. He does it quickly enough that it's not a problem right, too Right, and it kind of makes sense why he's all of a sudden forcing it out, because he's like, oh shit, if this is happening, this is he most likely because of this. He recognizes who it is, yeah. and that, that answers their questions about what happened on this planet. Mm-hmm. Because SGC has figured out what has happened. It's their turn to figure it out. Yeah. And Tilk figures it out. From recognizing these fighters. Yeah, and the uh, fact that he didn't talk about how this, this god, Nerti, Nerti, Nerti had, uh, yeah. had uh, killed a bunch of fucking humans, except for one, and then that something happened and their gate was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole big fucking thing. And uh, the motivation, not motivation, the, the symbols slash symptomatic whatever, whatever, is all uh, indicative of a certain... The signature. There we go. That's signature. the signature of this one person. It all comes there together for him. So his random exposition dump isn't actually that random because it's like, oh shit, pieces are together. Yeah. And I just also really love anytime a show does this when they have one thing to de- to discover, mm-hmm. determine, and two separate parties with entirely separate sets of evidence come to the same conclusion. Now I did want to ask you a question here. It sounded to me like he was referring to Nirti as a man. He did. I think it's because uh, Nirti had different hosts, like Osiris. Uh, when Nirti actually shows up in the show, it is in a woman. I was gonna think. I was thinking maybe Tilk's never actually seen. That's what Nirti. I was gonna say. I was gonna say maybe he's never actually fucking met the person. They mm-hmm. kind of um, the way he describes Nirti is all about is hearsay, more. Kind of. Yeah, it's Nirti's kind of like a oh, Nirti no. is not like Apophis. Apophis is yeah. like a war, war god, 
Whereas Nirti does like kind of like secretive yeah. in the background. But you know what it seems like to me? It seems like he's reading from like an intelligence report. Because his first prime, mm-hmm. he would have had access to yeah. it. So he's basically reading what he has gleaned information-wise as, like, you know, as a first prime, for example. Like, the source of information that he has had. So it could totally make sense he's never met, yeah. seen, but or anything. But they don't know yeah. what, what host yeah. and if gender. And if it's not that, it could the, be the gold yeah. sin. And it could be that, and a combination of the fact that the gold do occasionally have to change hosts, and could have changed to a mm-hmm. chick later. Like, it's yeah. definitely must, it's much more likely the first one, but the second one could have happened, too. Yeah. Maybe. So I did look it up. Nirti. Oh, Nirti is a woman in the mythology. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nirti is the Hindu goddess of deathly hidden realms yep. and sorrow. Yeah. Back in the day, I remember looking that up because I was like, is she like the, what, the goddess of plagues or something? Yeah, that's I was, like, what I originally yeah, I assumed like, too. So close. Close enough. Yeah. Because I remember somebody telling me once about like uh, like one of the gods. Deathly hidden realms really speaks to the idea that Nirti is never someone that like attacks you head on. Oh hell no! Nirti always does like those backstabbing rogue kind of attacks. Yeah. Tears of what was it um, in Game of Thrones? The, the tears of Lys or something was. No one's gonna know it was me per se. Like if I choose to kind of imply that mm-hmm. I did it, then it's a good threatening thing. But either way, not in the direct line of fire. Doesn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Is my job done? So she's a bitch. Yeah. While they're waiting to dial through uh, in SGC, uh, Cassie goes into a coma. They get closer to the gate, and all of a sudden, once again, great acting, just... <laughs> yep. And uh, Hammond's about to say, hey, stop dialing, but um, Walter's already like, um... Incoming traveler! Yeah, incoming traveler. And he says, you know, starts to say, hey, close the IRS. And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's Jack and Tilk. So Jack and Teal run through with, like, debris flying in behind them as well, because they've been fired on this whole time. This is really not a complaint, because you cannot do anything mm-hmm. else, because it's not actually a really a Stargate. Yeah. But all I can notice when they come through is the debris is actually pretty well done. Like, it's clearly yeah. like some stuff. However, it's very... I, you can hear the pneumatic hiss of the air cannon that's blowing it past them, and it clearly comes from one corner yeah. of the gate, which... Could be like maybe that's where, that's the, shot where the explosion came. Yeah. That part like, is explainable, but, but the pneumatic, pneumatic. hiss—it's like guys, sound editing. <laughs> I get you know, I get it. I just the only reason I even knew what that sound was is because it's the sound from the mummy ride. Oh the, yeah, that is. It's, it's yes. the sad, same sound, and I've heard it so many times. I was like, yep. <laughs> so basically, uh, both sides meet up. They both figured out what was going on with different sources of information. Which I live. And they figure out, hey, if we try to take her through the gate, Boom. she will blow up before she can get through. This might be a, a bad nitpick. And since you've already disproven two of my things perfectly fine, here, I have a question. Yeah. So they said that they know that there's an aqueduct in her blood, which yeah. clearly is because mm-hmm. of the thing in her chest. Gate's made an aqueduct. Yeah. The gate is, by definition, a little unstable as the as the, as the worm yeah. part. And there's a fucking bomb in her chest. Mm-hmm. And their go-to is to throw her into an energy vortex, and they didn't... I just feel like there should have at least one tiny throwaway line where they kind of acknowledge the idea that maybe that might cause an explosion to occur. I I can't remember if Janet gives the time limit for the explosion An hour before. and 52 minutes. No, but I'm saying I don't remember if she gives that time limit before or after Jack and Teal come back. Because but it was if before. It's, that's then, why, that's then why. Then that's why. That's why they don't, because they think at this point that it's been triggered. They don't realize that getting her near it again is going right, to make right, it worse. But, they think at this point it has been triggered. Now it is on a countdown. Right, that is all it is. Right. It is but that countdown, countdown might, go, might go down from 45 minutes to no minutes if they put her through it. My only thing is that it could be that she explodes 
it kills takes out the SGC. But they don't know enough about gold technology right, right, right. to know no, that. No, no, no. I, all I do, they're I, operating they, under the they, information they have. Right, but they do know that Nakoda is volatile in the situation, and they know that the gate by because they do mention it a couple times in like the earliest episodes is the energy part of it being you know energy. It's it's. I feel like it definitely could have been acknowledged. Even a tiny bit that there's an inherent danger to doing that. But also, I get the whole, like, you know, rock in a hard place. Mm-hmm. Rock in a bottom of the chest hard place. Yeah, I feel like they were just uh, like, okay, well, we have a timer now. I know. I just, I guess, considering their, their plan B, I feel like that might have been, should have been plan A. Since no matter what, they're going to let this kid die. Plan B might have been actually more of a better plan A, because plan B didn't involve in, uh, any extra elements that could set that shit on fire. But... Plan A was a little bit kinder to her. At least she was going back but home. Yeah, and at least Plan A wasn't, you know, dropping in a hole. Yeah. So I get it. I just kind of... So they realize they have to resort to Plan B, which is basically taking her to, to a, a bomb decon- testing a site. A decommissioned bomb testing site. Uh, and dropping her down a big old hole so that she could blow up. What I really liked, though, was um, cause part of the set was uh, based like, on the Nevada sites and everything. Mm-hmm. There was one part like they're walking into like the, the deep down room when they go into. Yeah. It, and I'm like, wow, that's like clearly the same like wall scheme from mm-hmm. the SGC sets. However, they did add an extra detail when they when the room that they end up in with the kid, which I love because there's those little concrete crumbling concrete half circles. Kind yeah, of. those are totally things that would hold massive fucking nukes. That's where you would set it down. That's like a storage mm-hmm. facility room, and you'd store it behind a big ass door in case shit went wrong. So that's where a missile would go. So this kid's sitting on something that used to hold deadly fucking weapons. So it's a deadly weapon sitting on something that's meant to hold deadly weapons. I loved the imagery. It was beautiful. It was a tiny little touch of detail. I don't know who's responsible for it, but I love you. Um, so yes, they, Sam decides to take her down. Sam's not letting anyone else take her down there. Like, oh, she's hugging her the whole way. Yeah, she's like holding her wrapped in a blanket. Of course, the kid's asleep the whole time. Well, she's, I think she's still in a coma. coma. Right, yeah, no. Um, (laughs) And as she's going down, Cassie wakes up. Which, true, does make sense for the scientific story mm-hmm. that they're going for. That being said, convenient fucking timing for the kid to wake up for, for maximum emotional impact. Yeah. Where are we going? Why are we here? Why are you leaving me alone? And Sam does <laughs> the whole, like, oh, uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, like, look at the flowers. Uh, look at the, uh, talk about the bunnies, Lenny. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, I'm gonna feed the rabbit. She does leave her alone in the room at first, even, like, seals the door and everything. Yeah, she does and her job as a military. The moment she seals the door, she just, like, breaks down. Oh, yeah. Goes into the elevator, like, crumples into a corner, just sobbing. Kicks the wall. Not as hard as I would have kicked it, but kicks it hard. And then, before she can get even, like, halfway yeah, back she's up. Yeah, like, they're, like, 50-something floors down. She doesn't even make it. She makes it to 26. Yeah. Then she's just like, you know what? No. So she gets back up. She tells she tells the elevator to take her back down. And Jack up upstairs can tell that the elevator's going back down. He's like, Sam, what are you doing? Sam. What I love is the scene completely indicates that she's just having an emotional response there. Like mm-hmm. she's just gonna do what the right thing is, and that if this kid's gonna have to die, she's gonna be with the kid at the end. That the kid doesn't have to die alone. Exactly. It's completely only that. That's exactly what it is. Is that she's just gonna do that because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. No matter what. She well, here's other the innocents aren't gonna die. Sam ascribed herself to both sides of the coin in this mm-hmm. episode. She did her duty. She's like, okay, I know she, Cassandra has to die. There's nothing we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to stop that is just going to kill more people. Mm-hmm. I will take her down there myself, but I'm not going to let her die alone. Hell yeah. So she did her job, and, and then she duty. made... Yes, It's a different exactly. kind of duty. It's, mm-hmm. it's honestly really well done. You heard me. I said, good for you. Like, one of the few times that like, a character's gonna die, I'm like, I'm not happy you're dying, obviously, yeah. but 
That's the right thing to do. So Sam goes back in the room with Cassie, tells Jack, I'm not leaving. Jack's clearly not happy about this. I like how she looks negative. Uh, My whole response there is, Cool. I'll, 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 yep, she, I bet she's on her way back up right now. That that was a firm negative. Yeah, he tried. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think Jack knew it wasn't oh, going to work, but he had to try. He had to try. He had to try. I totally um, did it. And the timer that, that Janet set up runs down, and nothing happens. And they even check in with Sam just to make sure it wasn't a distance thing. But like, <laughs> Daniel goes, I don't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all kind of look around at each other, and then Jack goes to the intercom and goes, Sam... And there's just enough of a pause, and then Sam gets the intercom and goes, we're all right. And they basically figure out that... Well, she figured out. Yeah, she she figured out... In 26 floors, she figured out. (laughs) She figured out that the distance that that Cassandra woke up when she did, because of the distance put between her and the gate. And that as long as she was kept away from the gate, it wasn't going to be a problem. Which makes sense, considering how it was the catalyst. Yeah. And some... There is... That's a thing... I think it's a thing in chemistry that... Some things only need a catalyst like once to get started. Once mm-hmm. they're once they're started, like an endothermic reaction is that's done now. That's yeah. happening. And I think there's some where if you remove the catalyst, it has to be kind of continuous. And if you remove it, then all of a sudden you got two inert materials again. Yep. And that's so that's what they figure out that as long as they keep her away from the gate, don't try to take her back home or anything. Which why would you want to? It's a plague world now. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, even if you get all the bodies cleaned up, there's nobody there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that as long as they keep her away from the gate, she'll be fine. So then the next scene we get is everyone in a park. Yeah, I, I, I get why they had to do it, you know, formatting for TV. I, you have to move along. Yeah. But, oh, really bad, almost died moment. Park! Yeah. This kid's fine now. No emotional trauma to speak of. Like, she looks fine. She, I know, and she's, like, be hidden, but seriously, she looks When weird, she's weird, talking weird, to uh, Sam, she's like, and Jack, for that she's matter. She's oddly She's functional. incredibly, um, you know, functional and just coherent. Not coherent, but yeah, functional. Like, I, I know it's been pointed out a lot that kids are remarkably resilient and can come back from a lot. That being said, damn, she was extra resilient. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, there's clearly been enough of a gap because oh, because the Fraser set up time to go through the adoption papers. Yeah, because Janet is adopting her. I guess at first it is. Like they did, you say that it's just like she's fostering her really more than anything. And it's also been, um, it's also when she's talking to Sam, a point is made that they've clearly coached her on the fact that like, hey. The Stargate doesn't exist. You're from Toronto. You know, so it's which clearly... Which is where Amanda Tapping's from. Yeah. <laughs> so it's clearly that there's been enough of a time gap that she probably has seen a psychi- psychiatrist. Yeah. She's, she's had healing. that healing yeah. time. Yeah. They've had time to talk her through... Because she seems completely at ease in this human part on Earth. It is a little interesting, Earth. yeah. So, like, she's clearly been on Earth for a little while. She's used to this. She's wearing, yeah. Oh, she's wearing human clothes, right? Yeah. You know what I really love? So the entire episode, she had this little tiny, tiny braid in her hair with a little blue yeah. um, band on I it. Saw it. For, like, her culture mm-hmm. thing. And even when she has, like, human barrettes in, she still has a little braid in. So yeah. So they're, they're not taking her culture yep. away from her. It's that little tiny thing. And I, when I saw that, I was just really... Happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a great scene where Jack comes up with the cutest dog and yeah, says like that... Shiba Inu, I think. Yeah, and, and tells Cassie that uh, part of being a human child is that you must have a dog. Um, I was a human child, and I never had a dog. I, I had a lot of dogs. Not that I remember. Par- according to my parents, we had one, and apparently I hated it, and then my parents gave it away. Are you sure you're a human child? There's been some debate on yeah. the matter. So, uh, so she has that quiet, quiet little scene with Jack, and then she comes over with Jack and the dog, and Ooh. says, "Oh yeah, Jack gave me a dog." And Sam just gives Jack this look like, 
did you now? <laughs> and that's like what I said. It's like, I like how... So, Fraser obviously took made the decision to take a child in. Yeah. But taking in a child is obviously a lot of fucking work. Mm-hmm. And you just gave her a another dog. pile of work on top of that. Dogs are not like... You ha- <sighs> nice going, Jack. <laughs> and that look that Sam gives in part of me is me just going, wow, that, that look after that definitely says... Chance gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're walking and, that. Chance gonna call you, and make you come over and walk that thing. And it's and it's great because just from like, because Sam doesn't really say any of that out loud. Right, she just kind of gives that, that Jack look. this look, and Jack can tell enough from that look alone that he's like, "Oops, I'm gonna take the dog for a walk." And I love that walk means I'm going to continue to carry the dog along with me. Right, the struggling dog. It's clearly like I, I said it then. I feel like the dog because he has to do lots of shots for you know different takes of a, of a scene. Something tells me that dog was uh, getting a little done with the day. It wasn't cooperating as well. I feel like they did, weren't supposed to be holding it the entire fucking scene, but they had to because he wasn't cooperating anymore. Mm-hmm. Which I don't blame the dog. It's a dog. And they were handling it just fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it just basically closes out with that quiet little talk with um, Sam and Cassie where she and outlines go- that, hey, you're, you're a human now. You're from Toronto. Oh, and those are swings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how the scene ends. She goes, what are those? And she goes, oh. Those are, oh, she goes, what are those? We didn't have those in Toronto. Yeah, she goes, those are swings. We didn't have those in, in Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how the episode ends with Sam taking her to the swings to show her how to use them. So that's it. Yeah, that's the episode. So, death tally? Literally no one. I mean, it's uh, an entire planet <laughs> full of people. Literally no one. <laughs> Literally no one. No one died on screen. There we go. Um, Not that that's what the death tally means, but Jack and Daniel. Oh, Jack. Yeah, I know. You, you said already because of the whole describing the black hole. The, the describing the black hole thing, and I um, think I love astronomy. My tattoos, every one of my tattoos is astronomy-based. And I have gone to observatories, and I've been really excited the entire time going there. It's like one time I went there for a part of the event to go to witness some meteor shower mm-hmm. thing. And I got there, and we had to get there two hours early for this window thing to happen. Yeah. And it was, we'd wait for it to start up, and me and every other person there who didn't do this for a living, and a good chunk of people who did do this for a living, we're all just sitting there going like, and we were like, we didn't think to bring anything with us because it's like, <laughs> we're going to look at stars yeah. and so why are you going to bring a book or some shit? Why are you looking down? Except that when you're looking up and not seeing anything, it's it's a whole lot of nothing. So it's not boring, but it's also really fucking boring. And I felt that entire scene in my bones. <laughs> and then it immediately followed up with everything that is me speaking. Yep. Alright, uh, well, I'm going to have to go with the Daniel for me. Uh, if only for the scene at the beginning when he... I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, well, it was the look back at Jack, but no, 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 I'm still talking. I'm going to finish what I was saying, and then I'm going to whip around and ask you. You know what? It, he, you really are it, because sometimes you'll be talking like me or Eric, right? And um, I'll literally say, I'll come back well, to that or sometimes something. You, sometimes you do that, and sometimes, let's say let's say you're talking to Eric in the kitchen, and uh-huh. I'm over here in the, in the living room, and I, and I say something. You, you don't do, like, that really rude, like, finger up thing, but you'll, just go, you'll, go, you'll go, uh-huh, <laughs> and you, like, reach out, like, half your hand, like, one kind of finger slightly extended, like, uh-huh. Like, you're definitely talking to him and me at the same time. And then you'll, like, do this weird, creepy, like, <laughs> it, it's like it's like the Chucky doll head. It's just like, <laughs> what's up? And it's like, you put a very, very, very temporary pinch. So you, just so you can finish, like, a syllable or two. And then you go all Chucky on me. And it's hysterical. <sighs> Thanks for the call out. <laughs> so I guess I'm Daniel. Dude, I blur witch myself into a door every time I try to get into the apartment, so... <laughs> we all have our quirks. <laughs> Alright. So, Joaquin Phoenix. Thumbs 
way, way up. Robert C. Cooper has not failed us yet. Great job, R.C. Cooper, and honestly, good job, Oz Party, for not ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> not that I really feel like you had much chance ruining it, but you... Uh, he made the Daniel Sam thing You creepy. tried, you tried, but you could not ruin it, and so kudos to you for failing. <laughs> uh, I, I just maintain that he definitely did better. So I'm I'm willing to give him that. I'm always just so I'm always ragging on him like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I need I'm I'm just I need to be a big elephant at least once and be like you know what I can give him this. He didn't fuck up completely. Yeah, it's a good episode. Like, it's a very a strong episode. Like anybody really could have done this episode and it really would have come across as probably a good episode because it's just a it's a well done structure wise mm-hmm. episode. So the episode next week is I read it and I forgot it already. Enigma. Right. Right now all I can think is Batman. Episode sixteen. <laughs> Enigma and. We'll get into that next week. Yeah. <laughs> God, only a couple more weeks until we uh, hit the end of season one. Yeah. So, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on uh, Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss and Liss at It's Liss Not Mel or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. Apparently, Daniel's always sneezing on the other side. <laughs> That whole facial expression, it, that parade of facial expressions. It's like you guys once literally used a tissue box to communicate. Yes. Nothing about your reaction. He was here. so put out. I know. By them. I feel his pain. As always, you can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. Um, in this case, it's mostly goof notes from what I know. So, mm-hmm. Like most of the trivia was kind of what I was talking about with stuff like that. That nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. But you know, TV. What you gonna do? Uh, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris this week, and until next time. Bye.